0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Holy Thursday, April 1st. I uh, wish you every blessing as we conclude the season of Lent uh, later on this afternoon and early evening. uh, And we begin the shortest and most beautiful and most tragic and most life-giving of seasons, uh, the Triduum. Okay, so as we dive in here, let's take a look. Of course, we're going to do John 13, 1 to 15. We do it every uh, Holy Thursday evening without fail. So a little bit longer reading, we'll we'll kind of parse it out. Um, but John 13, 1 to 15 uh, will be our focus here today. So let's uh, open God's Word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So, during supper fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, "Master, then not only my feet but my hands and head as well." Jesus said to him, "Whoever has bathed has no need except to wash his feet, or to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all, for he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, "Not all of you are clean." So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have done for you, you should also do. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, isn't that beautiful? I mean, we all know that story. We've all heard it dozens, if not hundreds of times. This is the great story. Uh, of the Last Supper in John's Gospel. I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, John's Gospel, the Last Supper, goes for five chapters because Jesus is going to do his final discourse, his final teaching to the disciples, and it's five chapters worth. And nowhere within that five chapters, nowhere, do we see Jesus take uh, the bread and, uh, and give it to others and, and offer thanks and break it and say, this is my body. And nowhere does he take the wine, not in John's gospel. Again, those treatises on Eucharist at the Last Supper are in Matthew, Mark, and Luke's gospel. But if you want John's great Eucharistic theology, and brothers and sisters, John's Eucharistic theology is so incredibly good— you have to go to chapter six. After he feeds the 5,000, is when he does the bread of life discourse. The rest of chapter six, where he says, Listen, my body is real food and my blood is real drink. Unless you eat the, the bread of life, you will not have life within you. And people are like, What's this guy talking about? and start leaving. Uh, and he looks at his disciples. It's the, it's a, the great moment, it, because again, there's no Caesarea Philippi, who do people say that I am moment in John's gospel. Again, you got to look to the synoptics for that. This is that moment, though, in John's gospel, where he looks at his disciples and says, will you two go? And Peter, again, the spokesman, because Peter's the one at Caesarea Philippi, who says, you are the, the Christ, the son of the living God. Here he says, Lord, to whom should we go? You have the words of eternal life, meaning we can look everywhere for life. But why would we do that? Because life only comes from one place, from the giver of life, from you. You have the words of eternal life. Ah, I could just go on and on. Sorry, totally off base here. Let's go back to the Last Supper. So anyway, this is so great because, you know, just to do this gospel tonight, I, I today I'm missing... The fullness, I, I, of course I am, because I'm, I'm human and, and frail, but I'm missing the, the, the fullness of the readings. Because if you were at liturgy tonight or plan on going, the first reading deals with exactly what we talked about yesterday, which is the Passover. And it talks about how you have to procure a lamb and how you have to uh, kill the lamb uh, at evening's twilight. And then you have to place the blood over your doorway and your lintel. Uh, because the angel of death is going to pass over. And you have to gird yourself as one ready to travel. You know, your loins girt, sandals on your feet, uh, unleavened bread, everything I talked about yesterday, uh, ready to go, because you are a people who, uh, through the saving action of God, this day are going to be set free. And if that's not good enough, then we get the full Eucharistic theology because we don't avoid it today. Of course we can't avoid it today. It's everything today. Um, And we get it in in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul, Paul says, listen, I hand on to you what the Lord also passed to me, that the Lord Jesus on the night before he was handed over took bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. And of course, he does it with the blood too. So we tie everything that Jesus is doing is tied to the Passover, even though, brothers and sisters, remember, this is not a Passover meal in John. In John, the Passover meal is the next night because Jesus is the Passover lamb who will be procured and who is killed at evening's twilight and whose blood is the saving action through which we are set free. All of that. All of that. But, Here's the, again, John, the beauty of John. He's already given his Eucharistic theology in chapter 6. We know what it means. But here he shows what Eucharist is. He shows what it means. He doesn't just talk about it. He doesn't just give it to us. He says, this is what Eucharist looks like. And so uh, he rose, took a towel and tied it around his waist, took off his outer garments, Poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we make the gospel so hard and we put rules around it in boxes and we have to make sure we do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And if we fail to do any of those, we got to start over and go back. Uh, Today is a day where you just get to take that off and say, let's focus on, on what's real. Let's focus on what's important. Let's put first things first. And what does that look like? It looks like this. Jesus, this is, the second, this is the second line in the gospel today. He loved his own in the world and he loved them to the end. Brothers and sisters, you and I have each been given our own in this world. I don't know who that is for you. And I'm, I'm still learning and grasping who that is for me. It certainly starts with Renee and my children, and that's that inner ripple. And then there's the next ripple, which I think is my siblings um, and my parents. And then there's that next ripple, which may be my friends or these parishes uh, or, or whatever. You know, it keeps going on. But those are the ones God has given me, and I am called to love them in this world and love them to the end, all the way to the end. We know what that end looked like for Jesus, but yet he loved all the way to the end, didn't he? And isn't that just the simplicity of the gospel? You've been given someone. Love them and love them to the end. Ah, But it's not only that that I want to talk about here. (laughs) Of course not, because this is just too good. Um, I love this line. So during supper, okay, so they're in the midst of eating this, fully aware that the father had put everything into his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. He rose and took off his outer garments. That he had come from God and was returning to God. That's certainly who Jesus was, right? That he came from God. I mean, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He came from God. He's the very essence of God coming here and he was returning to God. But brothers and sisters, if it's true of Jesus, it is true of us. Everything. Jesus always shows us the pattern. What's true for him is true for you and me. That we have come from God And we're returning to God. And it reminded me of that wonderful line in Isaiah 55. Maybe it did you too, uh, because it's just so good. Where Isaiah, and this is Isaiah at his best. He's talking about it for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your ways. Then it's Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. He says this. Yet just as from the heavens, the rain and snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall do what pleases me, achieving the end for which I sent it. Oh, that's so good, isn't it? meaning God. And he uses this wonderful, Isaiah uses this wonderful analogy of, of rain and snow that it's sent from heaven and it does its work on earth. What? Making the earth fruit, f- fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats. And it will not come and return back when it is, gets warm and it evaporates and goes back up into the heavens but that it has done and accomplished its work. That is true of Jesus, brothers and sisters, and it is true of you and I too. What is our work? I think it's simple, to love our own in this world and love them into the end. And brothers and sisters, today what we celebrate more than any other day, and we celebrate it a lot. Gosh, we have the Feast of Corpus Christi coming up here in about... I don't know 50 to 60 days the body and blood of Christ. We celebrate every mass. What do we celebrate at mass? We celebrate this. We celebrate the last supper. That's what happens. We don't just remember it. We are there, brothers and sisters. If you are around the altar in a Catholic church, you receive exactly not just an imitation, exactly what God, what Jesus gave to his disciples that day. Exactly. You receive it. This is my body. He gives us his very being so we can participate and continue his work. We can't do his work without him. Otherwise, it's our work. We continue the work of God because he is giving his very being, his body and blood, so he can live within us so we continue to be co-creators, co-workers in the vineyard helping build the body of Christ. And what does that body look like? How do we build it? Through service. That's the beauty of John's gospel here. He's already told you his Eucharistic theology. He's going to talk about his Passover lamb tomorrow on Good Friday. But today, it's all about service. And if Eucharist, brothers and sisters, if being the body and blood of Christ doesn't lead us to service, you and I are fooling ourselves. I'm not going to mix words. You and I are, are, are living a lie. If Eucharist does not live to serving our brothers and sisters, you do not understand Eucharist and we do not participate in the kingdom and in the life of Christ because that's all he was. That's all he was. That's what it looks like. Yeah, there are times where Peter, right? Lord, are you going to wash my feet? No, you're not going to do that. No, no. You're too good, or, or I can't have that. You, how often do we do that? Oh, I'm not holy enough for you to be here, or I, I'm not good enough. God, you, you go somewhere else. And, and he says to us, unless unless you open yourself and you humble yourself and you allow me to come in and make my home within you and wash you, you're not a part of this. Brothers and sisters, get that false humility away. That's what Peter was doing. Don't, don't fall into that. Then don't let me fall into it. We have to open ourselves for Christ to find his home within us, to allow him to wash us, because it's his work we do. I've gone too long. This is so good. We begin the Him tonight, brothers and sisters. We continue it tomorrow with Good Friday. We conclude this is with the Easter Vigil on Saturday night. These three liturgies are one liturgy. It is one service. It does not end uh, until Saturday night uh, we are sent but participate in it, whether that's by going or whether that's by loving others to the end, by saying yes to what is being given to us and yes to who we are, by saying yes to loving those to the end and allowing our feet to be washed and humbling ourselves and just knowing this is what Eucharist looks like. And we come from God and we'll return there, but there is a work. There is a work we accomplish during our time here that makes our worlds fruitful and fertile. My friends, have the best and most blessed tree to him. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. The fourth sorrowful mystery Jesus carries his cross. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, be well. And we'll be back together tomorrow as we share the gospel of Christ's passion and death.